0: Welcome to This Week in Photo. Bandwidth for TWIP is brought to you by Cashfly at C-A-C-H-E-F-L-Y dot com. And Squarespace.com, the fast and easy way to publish a high-quality website or blog. For a free trial and 10% off your new account, go to Squarespace.com forward slash TWIP. <laughs> vampire model goes for true blood the queen goes flicker and fun with lasers it's tuesday july twenty seventh, 2010 and this is twist And welcome back to TWiP, your weekly source of photographic inspiration. I'm your host, Frederick Van Johnson. And joining me today on the show are Mr. Joseph Lenaschke and Nicole Young. Hey, guys. Hey. Howdy. All right, uh, Nicole, you haven't been on the show for a while, but I've been following you on Twitter, Nicolezy, and blog posts and all this other kind of stuff. And you wrote a book. You. When do you sleep? <laughs>
1: I think I sometimes appear more busy than I actually am. No, no, I, I've been really, really busy lately, and it's, it's awesome. The book took up basically all of my time, and now I'm kind of back into the normal taking pictures and editing and writing blog posts. So yeah, I very, sleep. I have normal sleep.
0: <laughs> very cool. Very cool. And you're still doing the iStock thing and oh, yeah. all that. Oh,
1: yeah.
0: Oh, that's great yeah i uh i am following you so see that's the magic of social media i can just like without we haven't talked in forever but i still know exactly what you're working on i love yeah,
1: it it's kind of creepy huh <laughs>
2: Yep, kind of creepy yeah well you say i'm a stalker come on
1: <laughs> yeah
2: and that's now, those, nicole those... is that a is that a, nicole is that a printed yeah. book or is that an ebook
1: no it's a it's a real book <laughs> it's on wow. yeah i believe it's on the kindle and i'm not sure where it's where else it's going to be you know as far as ipad or anything like that but mm-hmm. um it's a roll printed book from Peach Print. Uh, it's called the Canon 70 from snapshots to great shots. Just to put that out there. So. Yeah,
0: it's awesome. I have one. I have at least one right here, um, which I'll be uh, giving away shortly. But uh, yeah, congratulations on that. It is a, Thank it's, you. A, it's a beautiful book, and it's got your name on it, so it's awesome. Thanks. And Joseph, what have, what have you been up to? What are you? What are, where have your travels taken you?
2: Oh, let's see. Well, last time I was on the show, I think I was uh, had just returned from from florida and i'm actually still in california if you can believe that a whole week and a couple of days straight so and i'm gonna be here for a little while enjoying the sun i'm actually up at a friend's in santa barbara area right now sitting in a beautiful office overlooking the ocean which doesn't suck
0: ouch <laughs> yeah i'm i'm very jealous right now because i am in san jose looking at my neighbor's rooftop out of my window <laughs> so, <laughs> but it's okay all right uh let's let's move right along here this podcast is brought to you by Squarespace.com. They're the fast and easy way to publish a high-quality website or blog. And uh, like we mentioned on the show before, they've announced new social widgets. They've got a native Twitter widget that allows you to add multiple accounts. You can filter by keyword, customize the look and feel of the design. They've got a Flickr widget to help you integrate Flickr or your Flickr feed into your website. And you can have multiple accounts or multiple Flickr accounts and varied layouts. Plus a native RSS widget that allows you to pull in feeds from any RSS source on the web. And Joseph, you're, uh, you're still humming right along on your Squarespace site, right? With uh, At ApertureExpert.com?
2: I, I am. I love
0: Squarespace. That's cool. That's cool. So you're... And you, w- the one thing that we, we... I think we touched on it before a little bit, but your your site is a membership site, you know, or parts of it. You have like a, a... People can donate money, but you can you can register and become a member of your site. And you're managing all that database action and back and forth and all that magic directly from within Squarespace with nothing added on, correct?
2: Yeah, that's absolutely correct. It's the top tier service um, somewhere below the top tier, you can have a membership database. But if you want people to be able to create their own membership, so basically just you know sign up on their own without you having to add them in, then you've got to go to the top tier. But it is well worth it. Uh, everybody just goes in. If they want to post a comment on one of the posts or if they want to leave any uh, questions in the forums or respond to questions, then they do need to register. And it's worked out great. Spam is at zero because you have to be a registered user. And it's worked out really, really well.
0: Very cool. Congratulations on that. All right. Well, if you, the listener, would like a free trial, head over to squarespace.com forward slash TWIP. You don't need a credit card. Just try it out. Build your website or blog. And if you decide you like it and you want to keep it, you'll get 10% off when you enter the offer code TWIP. That's squarespace.com forward slash TWIP. All right, let's jump right into it. It is time for the news. And the first story up is about vampires. And it's funny because TiVo, <laughs> TiVo last night captured true blood for me. And, you know, that, I don't know, that shit going off the rails, but that's different. <laughs> so, but apparently, <laughs> apparently uh, a model has sued a band and a photographer for $2 million because of some uh, model release mix up now. I'm really glad, Nicole, you're on the show because I know that you deal with this on a daily basis almost because you have to lock down that model release or else your images aren't even going up to, to uh, iStock Photo. So, first of all, the first part of my question for you, Nicole, is... What is your process for getting your model releases signed? Do you, like, once you engage your model or models, do you send it over to them and say, hey, show up with this thing filled out and signed and we'll get going? Or do you give it to them at the shoot or after? Or how does that work?
1: I usually have them sign it at the shoot. And if for some reason it doesn't happen at the shoot, we'll just have, a, have, a, have it happen afterwards. But um, usually it also entails me explain. If it's somebody that I've never photographed before, I'm explaining you know, like completely uh, divulging everything about what iStock is and how the photos could be used and everything, so they understand what they're signing. That's usually the biggest part. A lot of people are are really cool with signing a model release. I've only had a few people who aren't who are uncomfortable with it, but. Yeah,
0: And then, and then you're doing it. This is a physical piece of paper that you're having. It's, them yes. saying, right?
1: it's a physical piece of paper, pen and ink, <laughs> you know, we're all signing everything, uh, digital. Like, you know, I, all my model releases go to iStock. I mean, they're also, they also can be used for my own personal stuff. They're kind of generic, but they also have certain, you know, legal stuff on it that iStock wants to see. So I can upload my photos to iStock and have them be used commercially. And, uh, Yeah, and they don't, uh, doing a digital manipulation of a model release is not cool, like signing it digitally or anything like that.
0: That is not cool to do?
1: Yeah, for iStock it is. I'm not sure, like, legal wise, I'm no lawyer, you know, so I don't know if that would be okay. Mm -hmm. I've seen some, like, iPad, iPhone apps where you can do uh, model releases, so I'm not sure how that works.
0: Yeah, I, I actually have one. I have one that's called Easy Release that yeah. that you – it's actually really cool because you, you basically – it has a, a templated kind of model release in it. Um, and then you take a photo of the model right there mm-hmm. and then have her sign it. And then you have a witness and they sign it. Then you sign it. And then it emails a copy of the signed huh. release with the photo To all the parties that signed it, you know, and it does it all from the palm of your hand. So, but if it, if it's not, this is not legally binding, then who cares? (laughs) No.
1: Yeah. I don't know that that's probably okay. I mean, you know, we can sign for credit cards on a, on a little digital thing nowadays. So I'm guessing that it's, it's probably okay. It's just probably preventing people from copy, paste, copy, paste and forging model releases. And they just want to, you know, kind of nip that in the bud before it even becomes an issue. Right.
0: Right. All right, then travel junkie Joseph, uh, Mister Around the World in 80 Days, taking pictures of everything. (laughs) Um, When you're so the the kind of spin I put on the question for you is when you're in all these exotic places that you go to, and you're not on an assignment, for example, um, Mm -hmm. and you're just you say you're in China, you were there for the Olympics, right? And but you went off on these little adventures, taking photos on your own, and you get people in there. You're in a foreign country. You get people in the shot that are that don't speak your language you don't even know them you're some foreign person in there taking photos how do you handle the model release situation there
2: well whenever i'm shooting in a situation like that it's a public place now china is probably a bit different um, obviously the, their laws are different than ours but if you're in a public place you don't really need to worry about it you can just shoot and you know put it on your blog and that's fine it's when you start shooting in in private homes or anywhere else that you have to get worried about it um, I, I don't worry about it. I mean, it's just not possible to go up to every person on the street and ask for a model release. And I don't intend to sell those images. Those are just for my own use, putting on the blog, you know, telling the stories of my travels. But if I had any intention of selling it, then absolutely, I would have to go and get a model release for that. But for the kind of stuff I'm doing there, where it's just you know a photo walk, just getting some fun pictures of the area, it's basically travel photography. It's not a concern. So for the for the Twip listeners that are out there um, considering that, say they're going on a, a
0: trip you know, to some place outside of the country or even inside the country and they take photos um, without the uh, without the, the thought that they're ever going to publish these, they're they're okay as long as they're on the hard drive and using them for, per- for personal use. But what happens, and I put this to both of you guys, what happens if that photographer says, whoa, look at this shot, this is the best shot ever, and they upload that somewhere And or whatever, someone decides they want to buy that shot. What do they do if that shot contains likenesses, recognizable likenesses of other people in there? What are they just, you know, out of luck? What do they do out of
2: luck? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, technically, you can't sell it. If you don't have a release, you really can't. Uh, obviously, you could take a chance, take a risk, and see if you get a cease and desist or see if you get sued, <laughs> like the story that, uh, that we started in here with the Vampire Weekend. So, uh, uh, but also, basically, the general thing is don't.
1: <laughs> it, it really depends on the, the use of the photo, too. I mean, I'm not sure it's like, okay, commercial use, you have to have a model release because you're using that person's likeness to sell something. If you're doing editorial, you don't need a model release. If you're putting it on your blog probably don't need a mod release if you are selling it as like an art like a fine art project that's i'm actually kind of blurry on that because i don't do that kind of stuff but my guess is you probably don't but you probably it's probably not a bad idea to have one so that's kind of where i'm not sure about but i know editorial versus commercial you don't need one for editorial like for news articles and stuff like that you do need for commercial
0: yeah so then did you right. did, did both of you guys have a chance to read the story about the vampire weekend yes and, yeah yes all right Joseph, why don't you give us a summary of what happened here and then give us your thoughts on it?
2: So basically what happened is uh, some time ago, a, a a band called Vampire Weekend and their label, which is uh, XL Entertainment, I believe it was, um, used a photo on an album cover that's been selling and, and you know, is out in the wild. And apparently the person in the photo saw the album cover and has claimed that that photo was stolen, that they not only don't have a, a signed model release for it, but that the photo itself wasn't even taken by the photographer claiming to have taken it and was more likely uh, purchased from a garage sale. It's basically an old Polaroid that she's saying maybe her mom took. She doesn't really even know. But at this point in her, in her life, she was working as a professional model, so there's no way that she would have posed for a photo and not you know been compensated, signed a model release, anything like that. But the model release that the photographer has, she says, is bogus. Yeah. And
0: then what do, you, what do you do in that case, Nicole, if the if you get a model release and then the photographer says, oh, hey, that's Nicole Z that shot this. I'm <laughs> going to just say that I didn't sign uh, that thing and sue her for $2 million. What do you I do? Don't
1: know. This is wrong on so many levels because if the photographer didn't take the photo, he's, he doesn't have any legal right to sell the photo. It's, it doesn't look like it's old enough to be public domain which you know eventually photo- photographs become so old that the copyright you know disappears from it or whatever and but the bigger deal is that the model in the photo didn't sign a release and if that's true she's suing the heck out of them which mm-hmm. i don't blame her you know she especially as a professional model because usually when you're a professional model you sign on with certain agencies and you usually can't you know do some things unless it's att- attached with the agency so uh, I don't know. This is, I think she has every right to sue. Yeah.
0: Wow. So. so it sucks.
1: I mean, it's not like suing is the right answer, but she, you know,
0: she is right. Yeah, it's within her yeah. within her her uh, legal mm-hmm. um, rights to do that. So I guess the moral of the story for photographers is: a, if you're shooting a model, make sure that you have an ironclad model release. B, if you're out and about shooting travel photography and you in any way anticipate using any of those photos that contain humans in it um, makes you get model releases from those folks. If you're not planning on using them, uh, then you're okay, right? Is that
2: is all Did I miss anything there? Yeah. Yeah. Pretty well sums it up. Well, let's keep in mind this story, we're talking about only one side of it. Her, you know, the girl who is suing the photographer and the record label. Uh, the the other side of it says that they do have a model release. They will you know they have a model release and they can prove that she signed it and they can prove that the photographer actually made the photo. So There's clearly two sides to the story, and that's why it has to go to court. I guess they're going to have to fight this out and figure out who's right.
0: Yeah. Now, Nicole, do you? I know you have to upload your model releases uh, to to iStock. Do you also keep them as on your like in your files as well?
1: I keep the digital copies. I keep the hard copies. I keep everything because the last thing you you know, because as as far as with iStock, they have to inspect every photo. They can say, yeah, this is this is okay. It can go on our site, but. If a model decides to sue, I'm the one they're gonna be that, that's going to be sued because mm. if they say yeah, I know I never signed a release, that's on me. That's not on you know iStock. That's on me. So it's my responsibility to make sure that I have model releases for all of my photographs.
0: So that, that's an interesting point there. So even though you you uploaded the photo and sort of has, have licensed iStock to resell that photo, and they're reselling it, and presumably they have deeper pockets than you, mm-hmm. the subject can't go after. I oh, they could
1: try. Oh, yeah, you, oh, you could sue anyone, right? Right, <laughs> But, right. Um, it, but I, I'm not. I don't know. I've never been in this situation. I haven't heard of anyone who's been in this situation. But they could. They could always, you know, if they get the right lawyer, they could sue both of us. Yeah. So.
0: Yeah. Moral. Or less I'm not story, worried about them. <laughs> Cya. Cya. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right. Let's move on. Story number two. Uh, Queen's photos, not the, not the, uh, not the music <laughs> group, uh, but the actual Queen, her Majesty's photos have gone online at Flickr, so current and historical selections we, is it is this relevant do you, do you guys think this is relevant i saw the story i was like oh this is kind of cool i mean uh, you know it's 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 interesting that it, at an institution as as uh historic we'll say as as that is online and using something as current if we can call Flickr current as current <laughs> as Flickr. Uh, It's just sort of, it's like, that's very interesting. What do you you guys think about it? I don't know if it's significant in terms of, oh, wow, stop the press, but it is, it's significant in terms of something historic being moved into the new millennia. You you guys have any comments or thoughts on that? Nicole?
1: I think it's cool. (laughs) I don't
0: know. (laughs) It's like, yeah, big whoop. (laughs) (laughs) Who cares? All right, whatever. Move on. (laughs) It's about time. (laughs) Joseph, what do you think? I think
2: I... Well, this is the Queen of England we're talking about here, just to clarify. And, yes. you know, the I'm not British, um, but I do understand that for... The Brits, it's, the monarchy is a big deal. Right? It's an important thing that's it's a figurehead. It's obviously she doesn't have any you know, real power from what I understand it, but it's something that people really hold dear and hold close to their heart. And so I would imagine if you're British that this is kind of an important thing. To be able to see all those images would be quite nice. I know, you know just as an American, if I couldn't see very many photos of my president and I, or past presidents and I found out that there was this massive archive of them that nobody had seen, I'd be going, yeah, I'd, I'd like to see that. That would be an interesting bit of history. It would be nice to see what's going on. Um, you know, as far as everybody else, I don't know. I guess if you have a fascination with the royal family, then it's a lot of fun. But otherwise, you know, whatever. Yeah. All right. Moving <laughs> right <just> along. <laughs> story, <laughs> st- story
0: number three. Now, both of you guys are cannon shooters, and I'm not a cannon shooter, so I can't really comment on this. But apparently, according to the story uh, that came from Planet 5D, I believe, or Planet Mitch's blog, uh, it says that, uh, lasers that are used in a light show have or that were used in a light show have damaged a 5D Mark II CMOS sensor. So I, it, it seems like such fringe, but, you know, I'm sure there's certain people that this would affect, like you, Joseph, for example, Mr. Shooting Rockstars in, you know, in their laser light shows. If, did you, like, d- describe, I mean, this this problem here, would this ever be a problem for you, you know, considering, like, you're hanging off rafters shooting rock stars, and that kind of thing?
2: I could see how it could be. Um, it, the, I think the odds of getting hit by a laser at that are pretty slim, right? Because you're talking about laser lights that are flashing on and off. They're pulsing. They're not, you know, this isn't, um, you know, war of the world, fire a laser and hold it on for 30, <laughs> 30 seconds and sweep across the room, right? Yeah. They're little blasts. And so you've got to coincide that short burst with the fraction of a second, you know, what, 250th, 125th of a second that your shutter is open, and get it right in the lens, all the way down the lens, right into the sensor. So pretty pretty slim chance of it happening. But is it going to damage them? I would certainly believe that it would. I mean, you can't do a bulb, a long exposure on your on your camera for more than 30 seconds without the sensor overheating. Yeah. So I would imagine that firing a laser directly at it could, you know, foreseeably do some real damage. So yeah, I, I'd, I'd buy it. I'll, you know, I'll stay out of the way of lasers. <laughs> yeah, exactly.
0: Now, Nicole, this would probably never affect you because you're, you're not out shooting laser light chills or anything like that. And and your shots, I think if I'm not mistaken, you, yours are, are are you staging your shots or are you just, are you out and about kind of shooting eye stock stuff? Uh,
1: Most of my stuff is is staged. Yeah. I don't, I don't do a lot of grab shots. Um, uh, Yeah. Most of it's pretty much set up, but I mean, I still use my camera for taking fun pictures and non eye stock stuff. And, I don't know. This is this is kind of weird. My question is not if if anyone here. I take a look at the video for those of you listening to the show. Um, it's actually like this. The reason that this this damaged the guy's sensors is because he was doing video, and this big like like blanket of big streak of laser just like swept right across the sensor mm-hmm. and like damaged it. But my question is, why were they shooting lasers into the crowd? <laughs> They're bad for your eyes, right? <laughs>
0: Yeah they're they're bad for your personal <laughs> sensor. Yeah. Well. yeah. 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 Yeah, yeah, the rule of thumb is don't stare into the sun and don't <laughs> don't let a laser hit your retina, right? Yeah. Um and I guess it holds true for your your expensive camera bodies as well. All right. Um that's the news that we're going to talk about today. I want to. There's a really cool listener Q&A that I want to talk about um, or that I want to jump into. And every week our producers jump into the TWIP forums at thisweekinphoto.com forward slash forum to find the best uh, questions for us to hit on the show. And this week's questions are, let's see, number one. Joseph, I'm going to throw this one at you. You want to read this one?
2: Sure thing. So this question comes in from Nico Mabasso, and his question is about zooming his speedlights. That's L-I-G-H-T-S or L-I-T-E-S, depending if you're Canon or Nikon. He is a Nikon user, and he says, I'm using ProGlass with my D300, and therefore I should have a 1.5 crop factor with the lens. The question is, my speedlight has a zoom function to zoom in to match the focal length of the lens, the SP600, I guess is the flash, Mm -hmm. and when the flash fires, does it take into consideration the crop factor or must I adjust to manual zoom, on the flash itself to compensate for the focal length. So the short answer is you don't have to do anything. The camera will handle it for you. Uh, The camera, of course, knows that it's a crop sensor. It knows that that 50 mil is actually a 75 or whatever the case may be, and it will adjust the flash accordingly. Um, I did a little digging on it. I found some references to Canon doing this. I didn't find the one specifically for Nikon, however, uh you know i would say that in my experience i mean even on a canon shooter nikon's speed lighting technology seems to be a bit more advanced than canon so i'd be shocked beyond shocked if that wasn't the case it it does it it, it definitely does yep okay so so the simple answer there is yes it takes care of it for you so you don't need to worry about it but it does open up a much bigger issue so if if this user that nico here is shooting with the zoom on the flash automatically, then that probably means he's shooting with the flash on the camera, pointing the flash head directly at the subject. And that, um, in the words of our friend Solarina, I would like to say is the absolute worst place for the flash to be. Get that flash off the camera. At the minimum, bounce it off of the ceiling um, or put a diffuser on it. And of course, even better than that, get it off the camera, get it on a cable, put it somewhere else, go wireless, get it far away, but get it off the camera.
0: I totally agree, and I know Sill is nodding his head right now as he listens to this. All right, uh, question number two is from Thomas Flight. Nicole, you want to take this one?
1: Yeah, sure. He says, whenever I hear people talking about panos, panoramics, most recommended Photoshop, uh, most recommend Photoshop's photo stitch feature. I don't own Photoshop. I've gotten along without it so far. He says he uses GIMP because it's so darn expensive. Is there some good panorama software out there other than Photoshop? And he also says, I'm on a Mac and it doesn't necessarily have to be free just as long as it doesn't cost me an Alex. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) Costs a lot, I think is basically what he's saying. Um, Now, I've... I have to agree that I've I've used Photoshop's uh, photo stitch feature, and it's really the only one I've used. But I've always had really really good luck with it, and it always does a great job. And actually, I've never used this personally, but I've seen it used. And Photoshop Elements has, from what I can tell, the exact same photo stitch functions on its software. Oh, it's I didn't like, know that! Wow, yeah, it's like uh, well, it's a hundred dollars. I think you can get a like a rebate or something, so it comes out to being like eighty dollars. And that's that's my recommendation it's uh, and plus for uh for thomas here he'll also be able to use photoshop along with <laughs> he won't just get a panoramic software with it he'll get photoshop and for most of us probably even me included maybe if there's a few things that i use in photoshop regular photoshop but i could probably get a good away with just using photoshop elements because it has most of the same features as photoshop and a lot of the basic stuff
0: i would i would totally agree oh. photoshop elements is I mean, it, it, it's it's interesting because if you're if you're a professional photographer and say you're putting your resume or something together, you probably don't want to say yes, and I've mastered Photoshop Elements. <laughs> you know, you want to say Photoshop. But um, looking at Elements, if you ever dive into Elements, and I would suggest folks do some research on this, go look at some videos or whatever. But Photoshop Elements is. Amazing! It can Mm -hmm. it can do a lot, if not most of the things that most photographers need it to do. So I would think, like between Photoshop Elements and if you're a a Lightroom user and Lightroom, those two things together, you're you're pretty much done for what three hundred four hundred dollars, three hundred dollars.
1: Yeah, Photoshop. Photoshop's like a brain. You know, you only use like ten percent of your brain, (laughs) and Elements is probably that ten (laughs) percent. So yeah, you're going to be good (laughs) using Elements and. I've actually planning on downloading it, purchasing it myself just for, because I do lot, like to do a lot of tutorials and I want to be able to show people you can use elements as, you know, as, you don't have to have like real Photoshop. You can have Photoshop elements. So.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And no one will ask no one will see your, your beautiful, beautiful finished post-processed <laughs> image and say, huh, was that
1: elements or Photoshop? Yeah. yeah. Like what camera do you
0: use? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. All right. Thanks, Nicole. All right. Question number three is from Adam Blind He says, um, It might just be me, but I'm not able to find the straight RSS feed for Twip. I don't use iTunes. I've recently changed from an iPhone to to an HTC Desire, so I use Google Listen as my podcast client, and I'm not able to find the feed. Where can I subscribe to the episodes? Yada, yada, yada. What's the solution? And uh the the solution is this week in photo is a pixelcore.tv production. So head over to pixelcore.tv forward slash this week in photography with underscores separating the words. So this underscore week underscore in underscore photography and you'll see the uh the feed that you can subscribe to the show and you can you can actually subscribe in all sorts of different ways there so that's that's the main sort of engine for the show the this week in photo site is also when you when you look at or listen to the the shows or click the little play button in the episode posts it's pulling from pixelcore.tv so definitely check that out if you're looking to, uh, to subscribe to the show in anything other than iTunes. If you want to subscribe in iTunes, just go to thisweekinphoto.com and click on the subscribe in iTunes link at the top of the site. All right. Uh, we've come to that time in the show where each guest gives their pick of the week. Remember, a pick can be software, hardware, gear, or a workshop, whatever, as long as it's photography related. Uh, first up, Nicole, you haven't been on the show in a while, so I'm going to throw it to you.
1: All right. All right, this is for anyone who's maybe interested in getting studio lighting, but they don't want to spend thousands of dollars. Uh, Paul C. Buff creates both alien bees and white lightning lights and light stands, diffusers. You name it; uh, they have some really, really great gear. Pretty much like ninety percent, ninety, maybe even a hundred percent of my studio, I have white light. I'm sorry, I have alien and all of the peripherals with uh, with that. I don't use their; I use Pocket Wizards. I don't use their triggers, but um, it's really affordable. And if you want to get like maybe you do have a lot of money, but you want to get a lot of stuff, they're a really good solution. the co- The color, the quality of the light is really good, and it's just. It's really good. I check it out. It's uh, com.
0: Very cool. Awesome. Yeah, and I, I would have to second that, too, because I have a uh, a Alien Bees ring light. You have that mm-hmm. one, Nicole? I have
1: that one. I have the moon unit for it. That's really awesome. Isn't it crazy? and <laughs> yeah.
0: and, and ring lights used to cost – well, they still cost like – a kidney in order to get one and now this thing i, I forget how much it was but it wasn't it wasn't that very expensive and you yeah it's just
1: a few hundred dollars a few I think. hundred dollars
0: and you have a ring light that's uh that you know like again no one's gonna say i wonder what they use for that ring light yeah. <laughs> when they look at the image it's just it's awesome so definitely check that out that's at palsybuff.com, right mm-hmm. yep all right joseph you're up next what's your uh, pick of the week
2: all right, My picky is an oldie but goodie, and that is the Lexar Pro UDMA FireWire 800 CF card reader. And I bring this up because I recently uh, had left mine behind and needed to borrow a card reader, and I had, a, uh, had to borrow a USB one. And boy, let me tell you, the difference between FireWire 800 and USB is dramatic. When you're copying an 8-gig card or multiple 8-gig cards, having that faster card reader uh, on the FireWire 800 port makes a massive difference. And one of the great things I really like about these readers is that you can actually stack them. They come with a little, tiny little uh, FireWire 800 cable, so you can stack them and daisy-chain them to each other. And you can do, I believe it's four readers at a time uh, inside of Final Cut, uh, I'm sorry, inside of Aperture, and just start pulling in uh, data off of multiple cards at once. And it really just makes a huge, huge difference when you're pulling in tons of pictures off of multiple cards. Wow. So, that's cool. It's uh, Lexar.com, and it's an $85 reader. So not the cheapest reader in the world, but well worth it if uh, time is of an issue. That's I'll cool. second
1: that. I've had one of those forever, and I love it. <laughs> it's really fast.
0: I'm going to be buying that because uh, I need one right now. I have got an old – I'm not even going to mention the brand, but it's <laughs> it is uh, it's on its last legs, and I need something that is – that's everything that you just described, Joseph. I need that. <laughs> <laughs> yes, there you go. Actually, I need two of them. I need one for my desk and then one to carry around. So, well, and then
2: you can stack them when you're really on the road doing a big shoot. them. Yeah, it's awesome. That's,
0: that's awesome, and, it, and it's uh, it's from Lexar, right? So it's got to be reliable. Yep, that yeah. it is. All right, and my pick is uh, a Lightroom plugin from Jeffrey Friedel. He's a guy that's behind a, a number of Lightroom plugins, but this particular one uh, it integrates with Lightroom and allows you to basically get a preview of what your different JPEG compression settings are going to be before you actually export. And it's a it's a free plugin, um, and we'll we'll link to it in the show notes, of course, and on uh forward slash picks. But it's a uh, it's actually really cool. I think it's a must have if you're a Lightroom user, especially Lightroom 3 user, um, you plug it in there and it's a really beautiful interface it'll show you exactly what your your compression is going to look like before you actually click the button and, and bake your images into JPEG so um, definitely check that out all right, uh, it's time for this week's photo mission. I'm excited about this. Every week, we're going to be challenging our listeners to challenge themselves or yourselves photographically, and each week, along with being uh, recognized on the show, like we're going to do in a second, you could even win a prize. Um, and the prizes are going to be posted in the forum. So the winner of this next one uh, that I'm going to I'm going to talk about in just a second here, um, all he needs to do to get his prize is contact us through the forum, direct message me or one of the admins through the forum and we'll take it from there. But last week's mission, the title of it was dirt. That was I don't don't ask me why, but it was <laughs> it was dirt. That was the title of it, and we got some good submissions to to enter. All you had to do was go to the forum, and and the forum is actually really cool. It's some really cool software allows you to upload your image directly in there, and when other folks click on it, it, does a little light box glow thing, and you know, so you can see all the submissions along with yours. Um, and after much deliberation, the final winner. Is I can't read the name, but it's C S Garaglingo. C S Garaglingo with Dude is really tiny, which is a and <laughs> Dirt is an acronym for that. <laughs> and, oh,
1: it's so
0: cute. Yeah, are you looking at it? Yeah, yeah. It's, it's uh, you know. And what I said specifically when I issued this challenge was, do not take me literally. And <laughs> and lots of folks took pictures of Dirt. There's some really good ones in here. Like uh, uh, one I wanted to mention was from Digital Iris. Um, called Getting the Dirt Or <laughs> yeah. Getting the Dirt I And mean, it's, uh, it's a girl whispering to somebody Which is awesome That's what I thought But fortunately the cuteness of Dude is Really Tiny <laughs> Went out One <laughs> out over that one So that's this week's winner um, Next week The uh, the title Which you'll also find in the same place that this one is um, The title of the challenge Or the photo mission Is Dreams Ooh. Dreams And why did I pick Dreams because I just saw inception, inception. <laughs> <laughs> I saw inception and I've been trying to you know dream like they dream and it's just not happening but uh, but yeah if you want to if you want to submit your image into this week's photo mission contest um, please do so head over to the forums at thisweekinphoto.com forward forward/ forums and upload there's even a video there that teaches you how to upload if you can't if it's uh, if it's a little bit too complicated it should be pretty easy. But uh, please participate. We're getting some, some really nice submissions. And I would love to see what the TWIP listeners come up with dreams. All right. We're at the end of the show,
2: guys. Uh, Joseph, where can folks find you online? Folks can find me at photojoseph.com and at apertureexpert.com.
0: All right. Wonderful. Nicole S. Young, a.k.a. Nicole Z. Where are
2: Nicole
1: you at? I'm I blog almost every day. Well, Monday through Friday. So that's a really good place to see what's going on in my life. It's Nicole dot com. And I'm a pretty frequent Twitterer. So I'm on the Twitters and Nicole Z. And you're also I've seen posts from you over on Photofocus too, right? You're Yeah, I've been uh, having some of my older, I guess not really that old, but some of my posts of food photography related posts over at photofocus.com mm-hmm. and I might do some more work for Scott in the near future. So
0: Very cool. Yeah. And that's
1: a great that's a great photography website too, if you guys don't know about it.
0: It is. Yeah, people and Scott is actually one of the the co-founders, he and Alex of this podcast slash show so he just went on and created another one which is also cool so (laughs) definitely head over there and check that out that said photofocus.com and to keep you up to date with everything in the twip universe you can just head over to thisweekinphoto.com you'll find links there to our facebook fan page our twitter account and more and if you're looking for me frederick van johnson you can check out my blog at frederickvan.com or follow me on twitter at twitter.com forward slash frederick van. And with that, it is time to take that lens cap off. Bandwidth for TWIP is brought to you by Cashfly at C-A-C-H-E-F-L-Y dot and Squarespace.com, the fast and easy way to publish a high-quality website or blog. For a free trial and 10% off your new account, go to squarespace.com forward slash whip.
2: This week in photo is a pixelcore.tv production, produced by Suzanne Llewellyn, with technical producers John Riley and Alutha Jamakar. The show's content
0: contributor is Eric Horton.